Welcome to the What Moves Us podcast. I'm Natalie Reyna, a dancer and mover with a master's degree in clinical psychology and founder of Reyna Movement, an organization that teaches people tools to slow the motion of their lives and reconnect to their bodies. Join me as I talk with ordinary people finding extraordinary healing by connecting to their bodies through different types of movement. My mission is to spread the message that tuning into our body is not only accessible, but key to our mental health and healing journeys. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of season two of What Moves Us. I'm so excited to bring you more stories of ordinary people finding extraordinary mental health healing through movement, and I am anticipating learning a lot from each one of my guests this season. Today, we are starting with Eric Aubrey, a multi-passionate and highly talented individual who grew up in the Midwest. At just 10 years old, Eric discovered skateboarding and within a few short years became a sponsored athlete. After facing some challenges that drew, that drew him away from skating, he discovered a love for creating music and eventually found his way back to skating. Additionally, after moving to California, Eric began doing calisthenics as a way to keep his body in shape during the pandemic. Eric has since founded his own businesses in both real estate and nutritional supplements and maintains a solid movement routine to help with his mental health. So without further ado, here's Eric. Today we are here with Eric Aubrey and I'm super excited because he's lovely, beautiful soul that I got to meet at Venice Beach. And so Eric, welcome to What Moves Us. Thank you for having me on. I'm extremely excited to be a part of this. I'm so happy that you're doing this. Yeah, totally. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. And I know that you have so many projects and you're super involved in a lot of different um, worlds. So I'm excited to chat with you, but specifically about movement and mental health today. So um, before we get started, is there anything that you like to do to kind of like ground or like to get you in your zone before you jump into a movement practice? Uh, definitely. So one thing that really, really helps me to get in the zone and to essentially ground myself is to uh, listen to my music that I create, because then it reminds me of who I am. And it it's kind of like having um, similar to having a coach in your ear telling you what to do and to kind of guide you. It's like my higher source guiding me through like the words that I choose to put in my music. And it just kind of realigns me and gets me in the zone of like, yo, this is me. Like I'm jamming to me right now. So like, it's like having a, yeah, like a personal trainer when you're going in, you know, but it's like yeah. myself. Ah, that's so cool. So you're like kind of turning to your higher self in those moments to like bring you back to the present moment. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Whoa, that's super cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, um, I've heard a, a few of your tracks, but I need to go and actually listen to more of them. But yeah, how fun. On the way for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, so to kind of jump right into it and get started, I I would love for you to share a little bit about your background, kind of where you grew up, like what was it like in your neighborhood, just so that, that we can have a little bit of your background. Yeah, definitely. So I grew up in Evanston, Illinois, which is like right next to Chicago. It's like a little bit north of Chicago. And um yeah, it was it was awesome. I, I love the Midwest. It's, you know, other than the winters, I grew up snowboarding a little bit, too, as well. You know, the winters, they get super cold, like negative 20 degrees and kind of adjusts. But the older I got, I was like, yo, I got to be in like California because I can't do these. Yeah. So grew up there. Um, so I'll just give you like the timeline. So I was in Evanston from the age I was born till about five. 
And then six, seven, I moved to Des Plaines. And then eight, nine, Algonquin, Illinois. And then from the age of 10 to 18, I was in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin, which is like right on the Illinois-Wisconsin border, like kind of close to Lake Michigan. And that's where I went to middle school and high school. And then uh, Wisconsin was kind of slow for me. And it was just like not the spot for me to be in. So then I was like, okay, I need to go back to Evanston where like more diversity is and Hmm. more real life is going on, not an adjusted life in Wisconsin. So um, yeah, that's kind of like how my beginning started. And I've always been super active, Um, started skateboarding when I was 10. And um, but I didn't really get into calisthenics and fitness until recently. Like I, I always did it, but I never did it like uh, persistently, sure. consistently. And I moved to uh, LA. Okay, got it, got it. And so skating was kind of your first love then for movement. Yes, yes, skateboarding for sure. Okay. Yeah, because it was cool seeing somebody. I remember as soon as I moved to Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin, I saw these kids. They had a rail. And they had a ramp and they were like jumping off of it and like doing kickflips and landing it. And I was just like amazed because I'm like, how does the board stick to your feet like that? Like, oh, you know, it was crazy. So um, I just walked over to him and um, was like, hey, can I try that? And then I tried it and like I couldn't do what they were doing at all. Like I tried to just do an ollie and that was so hard for me. I couldn't do it. But then they did it and it, the board just stuck to their feet. And I'm like, how does it stick to your feet like that? So like I was just like amazed by that. Right. That's where journey started by seeing somebody uh 50 50 grinder rail board slider rail and then just ollieing off a ramp and kick flipping off of a ramp I was like amazed I was like wow this is really cool wow oh my gosh yeah that's so awesome oh my gosh and so like what about it do you think kept you going back even though you couldn't do it um realizing that it was possible mm. and that like hey if guys can do it I can do it too but I just have to like figure this out this is so cool and then me thinking of the feeling that I would get once I did it, like, because I'm like, man, if I could just kickflip, I would be so happier. I would feel so good about myself. And I would just because it's good for mental health, you know, so not like I had like bad mental health when I was like 10 years old sure. or anything like that. But um, it's just like the excitement of doing something that like you're curious about and that you see somebody else do and you're like, hey, I can do that too, mm, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty big for a 10 year old to be able to like recognize that like this is going to feel really good when I get it, you know, like that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yep. Cool. And so as you skated, like, and, and as you got older, like, what did that journey look like for you with skating okay so uh I ended up skating from the age of 10 to about 15 persistently so I got really really good at skateboarding and got like sponsored and every so I eventually did the ollies and the kick flips and the thing that kept me going was the first time when I did a heel flip Mm. and I landed on the board and it was just like the coolest feeling ever it's so hard to explain because it's one of those sports where it's like you versus you and it's like you have to figure out how to make it work for you and then once you do that it's like you've unlocked a portion of yourself Mm. that was locked and now it's unlocked you know right so yeah I skated from the age of 10 to 15 got sponsored been in like two skate videos and um yeah got really really good but um when I was 15 basically like in my family I'll just tell you so in my family I was like the black sheep essentially so um my parents didn't really agree with me skateboarding like I got really really good and for whatever reason I don't know why but um they wanted me to be like a typical black kid so they wanted me to like play basketball or like football or like run track do something that was like predictable for a black kid or whatever whatever that is you know 
whatever their idea of it was, but um, they didn't, because now I'm older and I look back, I'm like, yo, like, how did you guys just get that I was unique and that I was different? Like, why did you feel like I had to be like everybody else? Wow. But so, yes, yeah, so they, there was a lot of resistance. And when I was like 15, I mean, I had to legally live with my parents until I was like 18. Right. So like I ran, I, I would run away wow. because they used to like, they used to like take like my ramps and like my rails and stuff and throw them out and like hide my skateboard and put it in like the attic or whatever. Wow. And then like, yeah, I don't really know what that was about. My parents weren't like super abusive or anything like that, but it was definitely super toxic. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, so did that till I was 15. And then I, I kind of stopped skateboarding because I didn't really have a mentor to keep me on like the, the right path okay. of skateboarding, letting me know like, hey, Eric, you're sponsored already. You're already in videos like you're really, really good. My parents like figured out a way to make me feel like there was something wrong with me. Like I wasn't black enough. So like I tried to like wow. be black. I stopped skateboarding at 15 and was like not skateboarding at like 16, 17. And then 18, I, I like ventured back to like who I was, but I kind of like I don't want to say, yeah, I guess I could say it. Like, I, I kind of shamed myself for stopping skating for two years. So mm -hmm. I, like, just didn't for a little bit. And then as time went by, I was like, okay, I can't, like, I can't beat myself up about this. I was just, like, swayed by my parents. Right. Like, you still have you still have to do what you love doing, like, no matter what. Um, and still incorporate that into your life. Because if you um, take pieces away from yourself that are, like, internal it's like you're going to go through life a partial version of yourself. And if you're trying to be whole, you'll be a partial version of yourself and it's not going to feel right, you know? Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Wow. So in those two years, what, how did you, like, did you feel whole? Like, what did it feel like for you not having that, like such an essential part of yourself? Yeah. So you mean like the two years after I stopped yeah. or the two years skateboarding? So I don't know. This is going to sound funny, but also, uh, from the, like all my, they're, they're like whiter, like all of them. Like I had a few black friends, but I wasn't like in the hood or I, I grew up in the burbs. Right. Mm -hmm. After I stopped skating, like I literally purposely went to the hood to go find some black people to be friends with. Okay. So then they're like gangs and stuff like that. So like, I was like, kind of like involved in that, okay. but then just they were that's just not the move and I was I guess I was like the best looking one out of all of them so whenever we'd have like a party and the girls would be there they like want to talk to me and then they get jealous and then they like want to fight me oh. to try to like get the interested in me and then shit like that right. so I was like these are supposed to be like in my crew or whatever in my gang but like they want to fight me because the girls that are at the party are more interested in me than them and they want to try to like make them interested in them by trying to fight me and it's just like nah I couldn't do that so I was like yeah this is stupid like I need to just go back to being me so I didn't feel whole I, I felt lost wow. and it was funny because my black friends he was like Eric why are you trying to act black and I was like what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to act black and it was just funny to me because I just it just gave me so much clarity I'm like okay I just have to be myself I can't mm. try to be something I'm not like just because my parents feel like I should be different. It's not about what my parents think. It's about just who I am, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, so I felt like a version of myself to answer your question, okay. a partial version. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's pretty wild. And so like yeah. being able to like take that step back and be like, wait a minute, like this isn't me. Like, where do you think that came from for you? Sorry, we're getting deep here. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Can you re-ask the question yeah. one more time? Yeah. So how did you find 
your way back to yourself, I guess. Like what inside of you was like, this isn't right. Like this isn't cool. Like where did that come from for you? Does that make sense? Yes. Um, to answer that question the best, just my internal GPS mm. guiding back to where I needed to be and just thinking about like, okay, what makes me feel good? Like what doesn't make me feel good? Like hanging around people that I don't resonate with and that don't do the things that I do and then not being able to apply my mind to something creative as skateboarding mm. and uh, getting the mental benefits from that of accomplishing an idea that's really, really scary and really risky. But like, if you do it, it's really like rewarding. And then you get those dopamine hits sure. and all that, like getting back to that. So just my internal GPS being like, I really miss skateboarding. I want to go skate. And then me seeing other people skateboarding and me being like, I'm supposed to be able to do that right now, but I haven't been skating. So I don't really know if I can do that right now. I should probably get back to that, you know, because I still have this desire to do it. Right. You know? I think that that was kind of like the thing that got me back to it. Wow. Wow. And then can you talk about, yeah, the journey back into your skating world and to your skating life? Yeah, definitely. So um, in the process of me losing myself, I ended up finding music. So I got into music, but I wasn't really skateboarding. And um, so when I got back into skateboarding, I was skateboarding like 18, 19, 20, but I wasn't doing it persistently because, you know, there's winters in Chicago right. and all that good stuff. So I <laughs> I would skate like spring, summer. And then when the winter would come, I just wouldn't because it just would be like so cold outside. But uh, I'd, I'd be working on music. So it was more so like a mix of like the music and the skateboarding, essentially. So it was really off and on for like the longest time period, honestly, to keep it real. Like it was just like the summers, the spring and the summers, I would skate. And then the winters, I would be not skating and then just making music, basically. Okay. Wow. Okay. And so, yeah, so winter focused more on music what kind of music did you start out with uh just hip-hop music okay okay definitely yeah and in the, oh, the beginning it was mainly hip-hop and like rap all that good stuff cool okay yeah that's awesome and so as you found your way back into skating did you kind of notice like any changes like in your outside life or like in your music that you were like oh like this feels different now or like does that question make sense kind of do you mean like when I got back to it did it feel different as in like I didn't like it as much or that I liked it more like did you notice any changes like not just in the skate world, but like in your act, in your day-to-day -day life. Do you know what I mean? Like having skating back in your life. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I was definitely a lot happier and mm -hmm. I felt like me, you know, I felt like I was being true to myself and, and what I really like to do and something that I was really good at, you know, right. it's just, yeah, it's not, it's never really good to throw away anything that you're really, really good at that comes hard to other people, mm. you know? Yeah. So, like those uh those like hidden talents that are just there you know those gifts that God gives us like some people can dance like super good like you like you're an awesome dancer thank you so and so for some people they're like oh my they got two left feet essentially so they just don't got any rhythm or anything like that but it comes so naturally to other people so it's like those are like those those God-given gifts that you can't really take for granted because like other people don't get those you know mm, yeah oh, that's so beautiful yeah wow <laughs> yeah so Okay. So you got back into skating and you were making music. Um, when did you move to Los Angeles? 
Uh, I moved to Los Angeles. Uh, that's a great question. So I moved to Phoenix first and then I moved to Los Angeles. Okay. So I left the Midwest when I was 30. So that was like three years ago. Okay. And so I lived in Phoenix for a year and then it was just too hot. I did like one year there and then experienced the summer of like 120 degrees. And yeah, it was Impossible. super hot. I got I, I I got like Akon dark. Oh if man. you know who that is. Yeah. Akon. Yeah, yeah. I got super dark. I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm getting burnt over here. <laughs> so <laughs> the sun is so hot. Yeah. You know, it's Phoenix. So I was like, all right, one summer was enough. I don't think I'm gonna do another summer over here. And um something was like, okay, cool. I, I don't think anything is here for me in Phoenix. So let me go to LA. Cause that was my initial plan. But people were selling me on like being in Phoenix. Cause I met people that were living in LA that had moved to Phoenix uh -huh. and they're talking about the living difference. So I was just like, okay, well, instead of me going to LA, let me stay in Phoenix and see how I like it, sure. which it was cool for a year. But then I was like, you have to be like really where you want to be at, Yeah, you know, definitely. in order to be like fully happy. And if you're curious, we have to see the world that we live on, you know, the planet is so big. So it's like, I'm still in the United States. So it's like, it's not that far from Phoenix. It's like four, four hours or something sure. like that. So But um, yeah, so I was living there for about a year and then I moved to Santa Monica. I was there for a year and six months and then I moved back to Chicago because I missed it. I just needed some like realness and some good Midwest energy and I wanted to see my family too. Yeah. So last year I was there for the spring and the summer season and then October came around and then I felt like a, a cold breeze and I was just like, okay, I'm not ready for this. Like, Because <laughs> I was staying in Chicago, but I was like, I don't think my body's going to allow me to stay like because it's going to punish me for being in the cold weather. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I think it's time to go back. So um, I've been back since, and this is actually what I did. So I moved from, I moved in October and then I went to San Diego and then I was there for, um, cause I had never been to San Diego before. So I'm like, before I go back to LA, let me check out San Diego. It might be awesome. So, and I love San Diego. It's super, super yeah, nice. Totally. It's um, It's super clean too. It's very spread out. Yes. There's like a lot to do your thing. The air quality is better. Totally. Um, it's warmer. It's like a beautiful, yeah, yeah, a beautiful city as well. Um, it's a really, really nice place. But uh, I definitely missed LA. So I had to come back after about five months or so. So I've been back ever since. Got it. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. And then so, so you were living in Phoenix. Were you focusing on music? Were you still skating while you were out there? What did that? Yeah, look yeah, for you? I got. Yeah, yeah, I got back to skating when I was in in Phoenix for sure. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Got a lot of skate footage on my um on my Instagram. Like the majority of like my skate footage that I have on my Instagram, other than like the Venice Beach stuff, sure. um, it's like in Phoenix, oh. and that's got back to it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which, yeah. So you were hitting it, and I was. Yeah, I was still working on music too. Kind of like a mix of both. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. And then how about calisthenics? When did you start into that kind of journey? Yes. Yeah, so that started around the COVID time when I was like, okay, I, I'm, you know, I'm over here now in LA. I need to get a gym membership. And all the gyms that I called, they were like, yeah, but you got to wear a mask. And I was like, I'm not doing that shit because that makes that makes no sense to be breathing super hard and you're breathing it back in like that's not how we were that's not healthy so I was like well I'm not gonna get a gym membership but I need to like do something so um yeah just started working out at Venice Beach okay at the 
little sand pit doing calisthenics over there with like the pull-up bars and like the p-bars and like all that good stuff and then i just like fell in love with it because i'm like what's better than this you know hey. you're working out at the the sun is shining there's beautiful people everywhere like fresh air too as well is a big thing for me i don't like being in gyms with like no outside areas where the air is just really congested you know yeah working out to the ocean is like really really relaxing and it's just like peaceful and the scenery is awesome so i was like hey i'm just gonna do this and it just became fun yeah totally and what a change from like before the pandemic too because like we were all just in the gym just like breathing in everyone's air you know no outdoor space like that's crazy (laughs) so wild now yeah exactly exactly yeah and um I think the thing that made me fall in love with doing the calisthenics was like me seeing results from it faster than me going to the gym right you know yeah okay yeah so like what what kind of results were you seeing that like you weren't getting at the gym? Um, just like my, um, like my lats, like I'm like on my side, like they were growing for me doing pull-ups right. and I'm getting that from doing like lat pull-downs on the machines. Sure. And I was trying to figure out why. And I think it's just because external weight versus internal weight. Like the difference is like your body recognizes when it's you, mm. when it's your weight working with versus like an external source like a dumbbell or like a, a you know a, a bench press bar or something like that because you're you're putting it up but then you're putting it down and then you walk away and then you're back to your normal body weight but when you're doing calisthenics um it's your body weight so like you're doing a pull-up like your body knows it's it's your body weight and then when you're done you're still walking around with your body weight so it's just like I feel like it recognizes it more mm. and, it, and it responds it more yeah especially when you till failure you know oh yeah for sure that yeah till failure that'll that'll get you every time (laughs) (laughs) and you really go till failure you I yeah whenever you know it's been a minute since I've been back out at Venice but watching you is crazy because you just go and go and go and go and go until you can't and I'm like how (laughs) it's so wild yeah Yes, definitely. That's the key. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And Uh so once you discovered calisthenics, obviously you still skate too. um, Yeah. But how do you think that has kind of influenced your perspective on like mental health? I mean, we already kind of talked about the fresh air and being outside and. So how do I think it's affected my mental health, like with calisthenics and skateboarding? Sure. Yeah. Uh, it just gives me another source of happiness that I can't get from anything else. Mm. And also it's fun cardio. Like my skateboarding now is like fun cardio. I have to look at it like, um, like I get such a good leg workout from it, especially the pump track that is in Inglewood now that super, super excited. I actually brought Gio. It looks so he fun. Came- <laughs> it is so much fun. And it's awesome. because I get, Like the best leg workout ever until I can barely even walk. Like my leg gets like so stiff and because it's so pumped, you Love know? It. Um, yeah, and it, and it's fun. So like, I feel like the biggest hack for somebody to get into something is figure out something that's fun. That doesn't feel like work, but it's like, like fun cardio, basically like either riding a bike, doing rollerblades, dancing, right? right? Like that's like fun. Just like something where it's like, you're enjoying the moment and you're in the present moment, but it does require you to move around and like move into like your body essentially. And, um, and just like have an awesome time so and get good benefits from it so it just helps with like my mental health it helps with um just happiness mm-hmm. and uh, just being active I feel like the more active you are just the better your everything is like your health your mindset um is everything yeah definitely yeah for sure and do you think um I'm interested in like the 
the skateboarding community and the calisthenics community, like in your experience, like how, I don't know, I think community is such an important part of like being a human, right? And so yeah. like being able to like find those communities and have those people, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that, because even with skateboarding for you from a young age, like you had people in your life that obviously you like connected with through that. So true. Very, very true. So one thing that skateboarding has taught me is that all the people, not all of them, but a lot of the people that I've met through skateboarding that I'm cool with, it's so funny. They all look so different. Like there's people that look like me, but there's also people that are just from like every background, every mm -hmm. race and everything like that. And then we realize that like, even though we look so different, we have so much in common because there's certain people that like I've met at the skate park, I never would have met any other way. And then just we have a conversation and we realize we have so much in common it's like wow we look so different but we have so much in common that was one of the biggest like things that I realized and that I that I noticed and I was just like wow like like we're all connected we're all connected totally. you know and that's one of the things that I realized through like the skateboarding community even the calisthenics community too as well you know yeah. um just have a lot of people have very common goals and it's like we all go there and it's awesome too because then you have people rooting for you especially mm. when that's something that they're able to do that you're like trying to figure out how to do they can give you tips and then a lot of times I'm giving people tips like the other day I was at the pump track and um, there was this girl there she was trying to get around the track and the only way that you can get around the entire track is if you know how to pump correctly so I was teaching her how to pump correctly and um, and then she was able to get around the whole track and she like thanked me for it she's like oh thank you so much you're the best Aww. so yeah so but just having a community of people that can like help you guide you see what you're doing wrong if you're doing anything wrong and then just kind of help you so it's like we're, we're pushing we're all we're pushing each other to the finish line basically mm, yeah that's so that's so lovely yeah <laughs> pump it I was like yeah. I had that in my head pumping each other to the finish line we're like <laughs> go 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. um and so I'm curious, okay, because obviously you had that skate community kind of growing up, but then it sounds like there was some tension there, like with your parents and your family, maybe not your family, but with your parents. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just agreeing. Go oh, ahead. Yeah. I wanted to ask, like, so having a community of people that kind of support you, like, no matter what, like, how, mm -hmm. how does that kind of impact you and how you show up in the world now hmm. knowing that there's people that believe in you when the people closest to you don't or they feel like like because a lot of times you the people that you really want to believe in you for whatever reason they don't or they just don't see it but then you meet people, you know, random strangers in the world and they become like your new family and they do believe in you and they root for you and they want to see you win. So like kind of just wrapping my mind around that and um, just allowing myself to know that there are people out there that want to see me win and that are like looking forward to seeing me win and looking forward to seeing me do my thing that I love doing, you know, whether it's skateboarding, calisthenics, making music. Um, there's those people that you realize like, Hey, we're all here for a purpose and whatever we're doing, we're inspiring somebody mm. that's you know, make their life better. We're planting a seed, you know, and it's, and it's going to grow into something awesome. 
Um, we just got to keep doing what we're doing because we're all here for a purpose. So we were put here to just like shine in our brightest light and whatever makes us the happiest is what's going to make us shine the most, you know? So whenever I'm skateboarding, I'm shining. Whenever I'm working out, doing calisthenics, I'm shining. Whenever I'm making my music, I'm shining. It's just for us to just put that out to the world so other people can be affected positively by it and get inspired, you know? Totally. Yeah. Oh, Wow. Yeah, it's super, I mean, the way that you just summarized, like when the people closest to you don't support you, but you have other people around you, like supporting you, I would imagine that some of the people, you know, that are going to be listening to this might be in that place. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about like how you pushed through that and how you, I don't know if you're still pushing through that, but like, <laughs> like, how do you stay motivated when like, yeah, the people around you that you want, you know, support from aren't able to support you or aren't supporting you for whatever reason? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, what I do personally, um, there's this thing that uh, I heard from Jeff Bezos, the creator of Amazon. He said something about regret minimization and where he was able to basically project himself to like 80 or 90 and look back on the things that he would regret the most. So I did that for myself. And I was like, if I could close my eyes right now, and pretend like I was 90 and I look back at this time right now and there were certain things that I know that I want to do right now. Let's say that I didn't do them. What are the main things that I would regret that I didn't do that I knew I had the capability to do and that would make me the happiest, right? So like the first thing was that came for me was skateboarding. Like whether I'm pursuing to be a pro skateboarder or whatever, um, it's just as long as I'm skateboarding, um, I'm happy. Like I just don't want to neglect that part of me mm. going back to when I was talking about being a partial version like that's just a part of me like I just can't neglect like it just makes me so happy right um so really looking back and saying okay cool so skateboarding got to keep skateboarding and then the second thing was music because when it comes to music for me at least um music is timeless right so anything that I put out I always think about like when I'm not here for future generations, like what impact are they going to like, you know, what, what is that going to have on them? What impact is that going to have on them? Um, how, how are they going to remember me? And then also something that's going to be timeless, essentially, that is always going to help people. So even like when I'm not here, they can listen to the song and then be like, you know what? I'm so glad I heard that song. Like now I feel better. Mm. Now I'm going to go love. Now I'm going to go do that thing. You know, um, that makes me the happiest because now I have perspective on just um, staying realigned with my purpose mm. and realigned what makes me the happiest and what just makes my life better. Wow. So yeah, really just looking at it from that perspective, just like projecting forward and being like, okay, if I'm 90, like if I look back, what will be like my biggest regrets of not doing right now. You right. Know? And, and then checking myself and then realizing, you know, what would, what's going to weigh more like the regret of you not doing the thing that you love or with coupled with you trying what somebody else wanted you to do. Like, your parents not supporting you and then thinking that you should go do this at the end of the day, that's not going to make you happy because then you're going to resent them. And then look at them. Like, why did you tell me that this is what you wanted me to do? I was just trying to make you guys happy and now I'm unhappy. And then you guys are still unhappy because this isn't what I want to do. And I'm not going to do it. I wasted all this time. Right. Like, you know, so it's like, just really having clarity. I think one thing that'll help a lot of people is really just having clarity on what you want and what you want to do, as well as what makes you the happiest mm. and what and what brings you your true bliss. Because um, that's a reason why some people get addic addicted to drugs, you know, because they don't have an outlet. So they're like, yo, 
I do this thing and I feel amazing. But it's like you could still feel like that if you would if you were to do the thing that is within you to do, whether and that could be serving somebody. It doesn't even have to be like um, like fitness or music or dancing. It could be serving and helping people like some people purpose is to do that. They just don't know it. And they might be selfish and they're like just thinking about them all the time. But it's like, you know, just go buy somebody lunch and just see how that makes you feel, right. you know, and just go nice for somebody. And then you're like, wow, that felt awesome. It's like, hey, I want to do more of that. So it's really just um, finding, yeah, finding your bliss and what makes you the happiest that's constructive, not destructive. Yeah, yeah, oh, I love that. And yeah, I'm glad that you pointed out that like maybe it's doing something for other people because like in your mission, like I hear that too, you know, that sounds like it's a part of like what's built into you. It's like thinking about future generations and um, yeah, the impact that you can have on the people around you, which is like huge. And that's like a huge reason to like help people I don't know move forward and stay alive really <laughs> yeah and I the the Jeff Bezos thing the the what did you call it the regret what was it minimization yeah regret that's beautiful and it's like in its own way it's kind of like a meditation on death my friend and I have been talking about that a lot of like thinking about like we're mortal and we're gonna die so like what do you want to do with the time that you have while you're here you know exactly wow ah so cool that lasts forever you know right right sorry you you actually kind of cut out on that first part of whatever you said oh because I said we all have the power to create something that'll last forever like we can all make our footprint you know yes oh I'm so happy I asked you to re-say that because that's so beautiful <laughs> Yeah, we all have the power to create something that will last forever. Very, yeah, yeah. very beautiful and true. Ah, wow. So, okay, so now you're back in Los Angeles and you're focusing mm -hmm. on skating and calisthenics and music and real estate. And <laughs> I know you're doing yeah, a million do things. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So focused on all that stuff, um, launching my brand more so because I was just kind of telling you a little bit. So it's called Icon Elite Official. So whoever is watching this, they can go to IconEliteOfficial.com probably sometime in July because I'm still working on the website and the theme and everything like that. But I'll be launching some more products. Uh, the first two products that I'm launching is uh, creatine and glutamine because uh, I mean, I spend so much money on fitness products already. So I'm just like, okay, this just makes sense. You yeah, know? So, buy um, your own. It makes sense. <laughs> Exactly. So, and it'll be a plethora of other things too, as well, but um, just stay tuned for that. Cool. Yay. Fun. Um, and yeah, we will start to wrap it up here, but let's say there was somebody who's listening to this and they're feeling like a little bit lost, or maybe they're feeling like they're neglecting a part of themselves. Um, mm -hmm. what advice, what would you want to tell them, um, in this moment? Hmm. I would just say, look back at the time in your life when you were the happiest and what were you doing when you were the happiest, you know, because as kids, we just play so freely, right? We used to go to the park, play, run around. We're just like super happy. Like, um, think of the thing that that makes you the happiest. And also flash forward as well. I would say do a flash forward and say, who is the ideal person that you can imagine yourself being? And think to yourself, if I was just like this and I was this person, my life would be like this. And the, this is like your, your ultimate bliss and happiness, you know, like create the person you admire and then give that person to the world, essentially. 
Yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. And that's, yeah, definitely more. We need more people who are fully themselves in the world for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I definitely admire you for that. I think you do that very well and you show up fully as yourself every time I see you. It's always lovely. So (laughs) appreciate that. You too. Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, cool. Okay. And then, um, do you have, I know you just talked about you're launching your brand. Um, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? Yeah, you can go to my Instagram at Eric Aubrey. Um, I have all my links there too, as well. So it's spelled a little bit different. So the Eric is, uh, E R I C like normal. And then my last name is Aubrey. So it's A U B R E I versus R E Y. So as long as you type in A U B R E I, I'll pop up and then, uh, yeah, and I'm there. You guys can shoot me a DM if you have any questions. Um, also, I have drone services on there, too, because I have a drone. So if you guys need any drone footage and you're in the L.A. area, um, you can get that rolling as well. So, um, But, yeah, that's where you can find me. And then all of my music, too, is just my name. It's the same. You can literally, you can literally just Google the name and then all my links will pop up. Perfect. He's one of a kind. Find him on Google. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right, Eric. Well, thank you so much for coming on to What Moves Us. Um, And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Yes, of course. And yay, thanks for another episode of What Moves Us. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the What Moves Us podcast. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe for more. And check out my website at reinamovement.com. R-E-I-N-A movement.com. Thank you.